0: Thank you. Welcome to the Hyper Voice episode 134. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I'm your host Stephen Morioka and I am here with Alex Underhill. Howdy. Hello Alex. We have a lot of tournaments to talk about. Some have happened already but there are a lot that are coming up so we kind of have a lot to jump around to and get to so let's get started with plugging some of these upcoming tournaments. So we do have Quite a few upcoming this weekend. We've mentioned this one on the show already, but Victory Roads Qualifier uh, in their Spring Series number one is happening this weekend. And we were recording earlier in the week, but by the time this episode is posted, it's probably like midway through or potentially over one of those two. So Qualifier number one, the first weekend of May, May 1st and 2nd. So everyone, that's uh, Qualifier number one for Victory Roads Spring Series. That is an open information tournament. You can check that out on their website. Uh, Alex, do you want to take the next one?
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess if we're going to just keep cruising through, since there are just so many tournament things to uh, talk about. Uh, We kind of talked about, uh, yeah, Victory Road Spring Series on the podcast before, but uh, yeah, it's going to be similar to the winter one, but uh, with a couple of cool changes. And so, yeah, definitely go check that out at their website, um, which is uh, victoryroadvgc.com, and navigate to the circuit stuff. Um, Yeah, next up, uh, in terms of tournaments that are happening over the weekend, uh, ones that are probably ongoing right now, uh, we have the X9 League Championships three. Uh, that is run by none other than uh Joseph Ugarte, and that is um I, I guess the third in a series of tournaments that he's been doing where um he kind of runs the the you know the cut matches on his stream, and um yeah I don't know I I don't know what else to say other than it is just a- another tournament opportunity uh that is kind of overlapping with other tournaments right now. It's going to be uh, three tournaments going on this uh this weekend. It's gonna be kind of madness, but yeah, this is one that's like open team sheet, it's got an entry fee, and um yeah, if you're uh wanting to uh get a uh tournament in the current format this weekend, that's one of your options,
0: yeah, that most people are probably uh have played it already or are currently still playing it, so check all that information out for on Joe's Twitter, which is at joe u x nine so another one from uh Joseph Ugarte here and we're gonna be mentioning his name a lot this episode so. Everyone, there's another tournament for you. Our next one is Rose Tower Clash Number One, which is also happening this same weekend, May first and second. So this again will be midway through this one too. So this one is a closed information, I believe. I think we plugged this one uh, last time as well, but closed information. I don't know if it's the whole way or is it just during Swiss and then top cut is open. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm not sure either. It's free entry. I do know that part. Um, and I'll go ahead and uh, check out the Battlefield page to see if it mentions anything about the cut. But I do know that it's closed sheet. We're seeing a couple more tournaments mix it up regarding that. Um, we're seeing some closed sheet, some open sheet. And I, I do like the variety, uh, just to kind of harken back to those uh, live event days. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any uh, rules format. Um, yeah, no, no. I
0: think that it's going to be closed sheet all the way. Okay then, so Rose Tower, you can check that out on the Rose Tower VGC Twitter, so that information is there for that tournament, and uh, as we've mentioned, lots and lots of options, so we have uh, more circuits coming up for this upcoming uh, summer I guess, so first off we're going to start off with some official room tournaments from Pokemon Showdown. Now this is posted on uh, SmallGun.com, and Alex, Showdown is not my specialty. Or, uh, I don't really use it at all, so I'm gonna leave this one to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, um, for those that are familiar with, uh, Pokemon Showdown, the, uh, Battle Simulator, this is a, uh, a, a chance to get some games in on there. Uh, there's another one that we'll be plugging later, but, uh, like, Mount Silver is another good place to play, uh, games on Pokemon Showdown, if that's your forte. But, yeah, they'll be hosting tournaments at a bunch of, uh, scheduled times, just, like, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, just, like, over the course of the month of May, uh as far as I understand. And these are just those typical uh showdown room tournaments that you've definitely seen, maybe even played in. Maybe you played in like some Randbat ones. Um uh, I uh I actually start a lot of tournaments in the VGC room when I'm online just for fun. And uh they they're the like, they're a fun way to just uh play in like a pseudo tournament setting. Actually this is probably something Steven you have more of experience with than <laughs> anybody else, but they're of course best of one single elimination. Um so yeah, that, that that that's something that maybe to harken back to the old VGC days. If you really want to, you know, live what it was like when Steven was playing back in, you know, like 1995 or whatever, uh, then, you know, check <laughs> these out. Um, <laughs> and it seems like that you can earn battle points. There's no kind of best finish limit, so it's going to be kind of a mad dash to see how many points you can get. And then at the end of it, there will be some kind of playoff. So, uh, yeah, just kind of another example of a cool kind of little circuit thing. That you can do if you are very interested in playing on Showdown. In a best of one setting, uh, yeah, just go crazy.
0: Yeah, Showdown is just meant to be like quick, simple, and easy, and it makes it also it also is very fitting that these tournaments are trying to do fit the same thing. So I like that aspect of it, and also like the points they're giving out here. Like these are, I guess they are, they're also officially naming them room points. So we have RP here, and uh, I think Rose Tower has like had, had Rose points in the past. Maybe they have it now too. But we have uh, even more more points to talk about in uh, a different fashion. But this is a brand new kind of circuit. This is coming from, actually, uh, Francesco Pardini, also known as Alexis underscore VGC, a player fra- who's been playing a long time. But we have a circuit called the Rise of Galar, and this is going over three months uh, several different types of tournaments, there's so much information here, there's a uh, prize, um, financial incentive to play, you know, uh, you know, cash prizes and stuff, so, there's just a lot to kind of look into here, I would just recommend checking, uh, Alexis underscore VGC's Twitter for this information, Francesco's Twitter, but, Alex, there's some, um, There, this, these cycles, these tournaments are offering the KP, which I, I don't even remember what the KP stands for at this point, but, uh, there are... Night Points! points. Night Points! (laughs) Yeah, Night as in, like, K-N-I-G-H-T, but Night Points, there's K-P being offered here, and some really, really fun tournament names.
1: Oh, yeah, it's like, it just feels so weird. They're so, like, complicated. They even have their own, like, uh, logos associated with them. This is really kind of just, I guess, a fun way to brand different levels of tournaments. I mean, like, to be fair, we have that at the the real level with um, official Pokemon stuff, back when we had physical tournaments, we had the Premier Challenges, Mid-Season, Regional, International, and then Worlds. Um, and so we have the four stages here. Uh, we have Squire Trials, uh, at the bottom, I assume. Night Gambles. And then up from there, we have Galler Carousels. Oh boy, this is just so hard. Wait, is it carousels, Carousals? I don't even know. Not the first one. I no, never. The first I've not, one. I honestly have. What's that?
0: It's the first one. Whatever he says second that was like carousels. way, way off.
1: Yeah, no. I just, I, I honestly have not seen the word carousel spelled out enough to feel comfortable saying this. And then lastly, okay. we have uh, Cavalier, uh, Cavalier clashes, uh, which is, I guess, uh, a little bit similar to the uh, Rose Tower. They have their opens and clashes, but. Oh, boy. And these will be all structured into three different month-long periods. We've got the series uh, Rosa, Blue, and Gialla. Each with its own tournament of various levels. Yeah. Um, okay. Wow. Um, wait, is there a... Oh, I thought there was like one final big one. I don't know if there's actually one final big one. The The one for all the knights to bring their points to the table and see how they stack up or whatever. I don't know. It says oh it's just called the Rise of Galler Final. Oh, come on. If you're going to go deal with this crazy naming scheme, you need to do something better than The Rise of Galler Finals.
0: Yeah, it was a fun it was a fun theme going through here. Uh players need to get a reach the KP bar of 150 I think to reach that stage, but this yeah, otherwise yeah, that these are these are some really fun names like uh I'm not even like joking. Like these are these are really cool to see. This like and you made a great analogy with the tiers of uh, different tournament levels we have for our real structure for um, the official scene too. So this, this is this cool to see. You know, just more opportunities to play for people. I'm sure um, Francesco is going to bring in a lot of people in just because he's a well-known player. And I think the just seeing more opportunities to play for this series nine. Uh, we're assuming like nine months. Or sorry, not 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 nine months. Three months worth of play here. Is uh, probably going to be reasonable, I think. So, again, more opportunities to play in this, and despite all these uh, fun names, you know, we're probably going to be able to talk about some of these at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's going to be uh, so many, so so many tournaments to talk about. Like as we had mentioned, there are three happening this weekend, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in all of those. Um, although, admittedly, I have to say, you guys, stop doing this to yourselves because like they're just all competing with each other, and then it's just going to start to like. eat at each other like this is so different steven than when we have like you know uh a a couple of mid seasons on the same weekend or even regionals you know when you have regionals on the same weekend it's it's fine because they're all over the you know world and it's so different when we're in this online setting where anybody can enter any tournament and especially in a game like pokemon where we don't have any worries about like online latency and lag You, you know it is fine to play somebody from From Japan, from somewhere, somebody from, like, uh, Australia, from me and you here in North America, it's, there's no worries there, and so then anybody can enter any tournament as long as the uh, time zones are reasonable, and, yeah, when you have three of them all running so close together, they're just going to compete with each other, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out.
0: Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of conflict, and when we had live events in the past, you know, regionals could be, there could be one in Europe, one in North America, and those would just not conflict with each other at all. Mostly because of time zones, mostly because of region, so this, uh, it's, it's just, we're just in a whole different world right now. So, yeah, I do see the potential conflicts coming up, maybe this will, uh, temper some relationships with among the, uh, friends out there, but who knows, I still like seeing so many, many tournaments, so... I think uh we are, great. we're we're pro- we've pretty much covered the plugging section of this uh portion of the show but Alex first off uh before we move on I just want to get what's your favorite name from the the Rise of Galler Circuit favorite tournament name
1: oh you just I just had a, I just had just closed it but it's probably the Squire Trials let me double check though Knights Gambles Ka- Galler Carousels that just I mean honestly it can't be that one because of how much it just made my brain hurt Cavalier clashes. Now it's got to be squire trials. It's just it's such a fun name for the lowest level. Uh they even have like, you know, the firewater grass here in the symbol. They have great artwork, you know, they definitely uh commissioned uh, a good artist for this. Uh, it's fun that they went to this level. So, really cool. Um and uh, I hope that one does well. Uh, I hope that it's a, a well-run circuit. I, I hope all of these do well, but it's just yeah, there's so many opportunities for online tournaments. We've said this a pa you know, over the past couple of uh months. Uh, that the you know the opportunity to keep playing VGC is still out there, and that's that's pretty awesome. If uh, the Players Cup is not your thing,
0: mm-hmm. And as for my favorite, I I like the Gallard Carousel mainly because like it's it strikes to me somehow the Battle Factory where you'd be using like a random assortment of Pokemon. So not really related, but I just like I like that name so. Let's move on here, and everyone remember, if you want to play in tournaments, you got options. We've uh, plugged plenty of them, and you can probably still look for more if you want. So, we're going to move on to the Pokemon Players Cup 3. That's right, Players Cup 3 Global Finals, which these Players Cup 3 cycle is finally over. It has reached its conclusion. The stream for the Global Finals happened this past weekend, April 23rd through 25th. We have a winner. We have some storylines, we have teams from the Global Finals as well. So, Alex, let's get into this one here. We have first off that Jonathan Evans won this tournament with his team of Kyogre, Torkoal, Venusaur, Tornadus, Grimmsnarl, and Incineroar. So, a lot to say here about this. Uh, the Pokemon, the team. I remember uh, John actually made a little team, uh, team member change in here. From the regional qualifiers, as well as just like Colossal didn't win this thing, North America still won this thing. Where do you want to start? Go for it.
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about this team. It's uh, again Sun Rain uh, John using a very similar team as you had mentioned from the uh, regional qualifiers, and yeah, it's just so cool to see uh, a team that I feel like is so unique to Series Eight. Um, as unique to like, you know, any metagame that we've gotten to play before, you know, we, we're seeing the rise in like, Weather Ball Venusaur and using it here with, you know, the dual weather. Um, you know, outside of like dual primals, which completely fell off in the, uh, 2019 legend formats, uh, you, we didn't see a lot of teams that actually use sun and rain. It all, it honestly sounds like a gimmick team that you see on the low ladder. And so to see it that performing so well at the top level and even winning players cup. I just love this concept. This is kind of what makes me so uh, interested in VGC, that there's so many different ways that you can take it and that you can just, you know, find ways to make your Pokemon function in all kinds of different scenarios. You know, you can tech your team to be good against like so many different other teams in the metagame. It's just, this is like, I think this team is what VGC is about. It's really cool.
0: Ox, uh, I want you to try and remember as best you can, but take us back three months, three months ago to like late January, early February when Series 8 was first starting. Was not Tornadus Kyogre the big talk of the town? Like, this is one of the teams to beat. We still have this duo here, but paired with four Pokemon I did not expect it to be. Well, I guess Incineroar was kind of expected from that first original design from, uh, even like the 2019 editions, but it's still cool to, uh, still cool to see it get this far, uh, winning this tournament. And behind a strong pilot like John, and mixing it with uh, Sun, like that strong Sun core of Venusaur Torkoal. We've talked so many times about how Sun teams, especially Venusaur with Sleep Powder, how with the open information aspect for Players Cup, they just don't have to worry about you know wasting turns discovering information about the items. So makes it a much stronger pick for this kind of tournament.
1: Yeah, and I think Sleep Powder is also just an awesome option to have in an open team sheet format, like. As soon as you take it off the Pokemon in open team sheet, you lose a lot of the the threatening capabilities of Venusaur. Like, if you really do want to run Protect in a closed team sheet format, you know, back at the live events, like, something like that is very feasible because, you know, as I'm scouting your team out and getting information, I'm going to be respecting that sleep powder. But when you're playing open team sheet, I feel like you gotta have it. That way, your your opponent is always playing, scared of you just, you know, landing a sleep powder maybe getting a lot of sleep turns and the game just snowballing from there and so players are going to work around that and so uh yeah that's very interesting you also mentioned of course the uh what is it uh torn ogre uh but like i think it had to evolve you know this is not the torn ogre team we saw from genius that won the first tournament of the format back uh back in the day with um Tornadus, you know, it, it was a much different Tornadus. This uh, this originally started out, and I, I believe it still is, a, a Life Orb Tornadus, you know. It's a one that's much more capable of Dynamaxing. It's got Heat Wave, as far as I remember, and uh, it's, I think some of them even ran the Dark Pulse. Uh, I don't think this one does in particular, but some run Dark Pulse so that it's even more capable of Dynamaxing. It's, the, 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 the archetype, I guess, if this is even still able to be called Tornogre, had to grow, had to change with the metagame.
0: Yeah, I am with you. They're still very potent to this day, you know, even at the very end of Series 8. You know, we're recording this at the end of April Series 8. We are uh, putting in the books officially and moving on now officially to Series 9 too. So we'll see what happens with uh, that in the future. But Alex, let's cover just a few more of these teams before we start talking about the storylines of the bracket and how John had to play many games against certain players. So uh, let's just get into Leonardo Bonanomi's team from Italy who got second place in this tournament with the a very familiar-looking team of Groudon, Incineroar, Umbreon, Regieleki, Venusaur, and Charizard. So, this is just a very strong, consistent sun team, with uh, Groudon setting the sun for these Pokemon. And Umbreon, as we know, is a really good partner for Groudon, getting second in this tournament, also making an appearance on Gabriel Lagazzi's team, which we'll talk about later. And I'm not seeing any other Umbreon here, but two, uh three, actually, no, there isn't a third one, but uh, on Francesco's mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. But uh three Umbreon brought into global finals. Also just want to mention quickly how John had the only Kyogre brought to Global Finals and won this tournament. Yep. So uh a lot of fun storylines here too. But Sun still as strong as ever.
1: Yeah, yeah. People are still running this this same team. Uh, we even see uh, as you had mentioned, um that Francesco uh P. perot uh Francesco Perot or uh Seacott had the exact same six as uh leonardo uh bononomi uh both of them running that that sun team that just has again a lot of options available to you um some good pokemon to fall back on and uh yeah the, it, i think we saw some cool variety in the finals here despite there being some very familiar teams like just the thought that there's like three calyrex shadow uh like with, all with taking different approaches to the archetype pretty crazy ones too um we see in like a top well i guess it's not top four that's different specifically fourth uh from alberto Daza with that uh gigas wheezing team Mm -hmm. uh made it so far into the tournament but and enough to make that travel award um you know what's funny is uh well again we're gonna be talking about it later but um a lot of people were saying alberto Daza was the real winner of the tournament as uh they were able to secure the travel award, but did not have to undergo uh playing in any best of fives.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's funny.
1: Uh so yeah, as far as you can go to just net that travel award, but no best of fives. And um yeah, actually why don't we just quick jump to that point, uh Steven? Uh I guess before we do that, I'll briefly mention the third place team um from um Australia, uh Yov Ruven, um, with a team of Groudon Incineroar. Grimmsnarl, Porygon2, Venusaur, and Charizard—a uh, very familiar team to uh, many, I am sure, uh, especially myself. It's uh, just, yeah, a very standard-looking Sun team. Uh, however, this is a pretty strong finish for um, the Oceania region, as far as I remember. I don't know if they've uh, made it to the Travel Award uh, section before, if I'm remembering. So, this is uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Uh, but yeah, Steven, Steven, please let's uh, let's talk about these best of fives.
0: Alright, let's get into it. So I know Alberto got to duck out from it. Uh, Alberto, just want to mention that uh, that they're a player from Mexico, um, as the flag indicates here. So, uh, Alex, I did not get a chance to watch any of the stream this past weekend, but I did hear John played several games, and I'm sure many of these other players played several games of the top three uh, finishers here. I don't know many details about it because I didn't get to catch the stream. What more do you know?
1: Yeah, so I did watch bits and pieces of it here. And uh, as far as I remember, uh, John played against uh, Leonardo in winner's finals and lost. Uh, So John had to, and that went to five games. Uh, That was one of, I think that was maybe the first best of five of the tournament. John fell and had to play against, uh, I guess it would be the person who got uh, third, right? Uh, That would be uh, Yov. Mm Mm-hmm. And so John went on to play against uh, Jov Reuven and uh, was able to win that best of five. I don't remember the set score in that one. However, I know that John makes it to grand finals to once again rematch Leonardo. And, uh, you know, this is a double limb tournament. So for John to win the whole thing, he will have to reset the bracket and take Leonardo down to losers, Uh, which John is able to do in a fateful Four games, unfortunately. I think a three to one scored uh won John that first set. And uh so I as far as I know, the the last one then then did go to five games with John winning the fifth and ultimate game of that uh that final grand finals set where they were both on the loser's side, crowning John the winner of Players Cup four but, uh, not, not after having to endure 14 games, not the, the, not the dreaded 15 that I think everybody was talking about, but 14 games against the same person.
0: Good golly. Uh, yeah, John ended up winning players cup three. We're not at four yet, but, oh,
1: (laughs) sorry, sorry. (laughs) no,
0: No worries. But you also mentioned, uh, 14 games against the same person. Like that's still pretty dreadful. I'd imagine. Um, I don't know if, like, it probably felt dreadful to play that many. How was it watching that many against that, the same matchup?
1: So, it, it just seemed like, uh, like a lot of it was, you know, calling your opponent's lead. But, like, I think we actually got, um, one of the better matchups that you can see in these, uh, this kind of circumstance. I had, uh, kind of warned you beforehand, Steven, that I was very worried about the nature of best of five in Pokemon and how, We might just see some absolute landslides or some, like, you know, games decided by Turn 1 Rock, Paper, Scissors. And I think that we got to see a bit more Pokemon in these uh, sets. However, it was uh, completely exhausting. And one of even the funniest, uh, one of the funniest uh, results of all of this is uh, John actually timed out in Game 5 of the final set um and the game had actually selected a move that was uh pretty decent for John um and was was able to like net him a KO uh or something or like set up the proper move or whatever I don't remember this full scenario but John did in fact time out in the final uh game and uh it ended up being a uh, a better move than I think what he was intending to do just from what I uh saw what he was selecting oh wow and it was really crazy the game had decided that John was going to win Um, yeah, the timeout. Saved by the timeout, I guess.
0: That is all just completely nuts, dude. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, that's a lot of, uh, Pokemon to be playing, that's a lot to be watching, too. And a lot for these players to be enduring. So, you know, both John and Leonardo played a ton of these best of fives here. Uh, I guess a ton of games within these best of fives, so... Ultimately, like, it was mostly an experiment for this tournament. It didn't really serve any extra purpose. Uh, so considering that all all these top four players get the travel award, but if this is a thing that will continue for the Players Cup four, then that will is going to matter a lot more because the prize, like the cash prize, increase each round is significant. So, I think uh, I feel like Pokemon was happy with this particular decision. So this is probably gonna something that's going to stay on. Really,
1: really, I like so they, it received a lot of negative. Um feedback yeah it received a lot of negative feedback in uh, response Uh, i saw a lot of people just saying that this was crazy that it was still going i i I mean i was watching the twitch chat because honestly that's why i'm having such a poor reflection of the game steven i don't watch this for the game i watch this for the twitch chat the the (laughs) pokemon twitch chat is uh phenomenal just so many people just like why did they make that move why did they make that move why can somebody explain to me that move and just like people popping off over turns that like are pretty Mo, you know, not monumental, and just so many. Anytime a Pokemon lives on one HP, the invisible focus sash. Ah, it's just so great. Oh uh, man, Pokemon Twist Shed is nuts. But uh, anyway, uh, I saw a lot of people just like talking about. They're like, man, I just want to go to bed. Like, is this gonna end? Like, you know, like I, I think uh, Leonardo was up two one in the uh, in the final final. And uh people were like, Leonardo, please just win this just to end it. Can we just go to bed? Uh, like, a lot of people were just... And, like, I even remember, I think uh TCG might have done something similar. I think they did Best of Five. Uh-huh. And uh we're not exactly a TCG cast, and I don't have all the f- the facts to hit you with because I don't follow it. But I think they did a Best of Five, too, and so we were waiting forever for the... uh the 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 broadcast to start for vg because it was like oh wow it actually started i think they went on for like eight hours like this was probably like one of the longest streams pokemon's ever had to do because of their decision to do best of five
0: holy cow i didn't even realize that aspect of it is that is because on championship sunday they just put everything on one channel so it has to go in order and you have to wait and watch everything so i did not realize the time aspect I guess since we're all online and it was all pre-recorded, like, none of that... They don't really care, it doesn't matter to them as much, so... It's not like, uh, they are keeping people alive at a certain time late at some venue or something, so... Yeah, that's, uh, there's, so there's a lot of, uh... I guess negative reception to it, so... I guess we'll see what yeah. happens for it, but I feel like... I feel, my gut is telling me that they... They were happy with the decision to switch to Best of Five and uh, maybe like less cognizant of what it meant for spectators.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I, you would think it would be good for spectators, but I'm curious. I'm curious. Like it, it definitely has like a, like, I don't know. It, it probably has a good, um, what is the word? Like PR reflection. I don't know. Just like how it's just like, it makes you look more, uh, and I'm doing big air quotes here in front of my mic, uh esports, you know, it's like, oh, wow. You know, they're doing best of five. They're making it less, luck impacted they're making it more a real game you know like all the fighting games they end with best of five or best of seven like but it, it i don't think it belongs in pokemon that's my uh my opinion after watching it and i mean even before it happened i i had this opinion and it just was not changed it just seems to be that it's not very fitting in pokemon i don't know but like yeah like i guess you know you could mention that john was in fact down 2-1 2-1 in that final set and to manage to come out on top which does that mean that john was the uh the better player in all of it i i really don't know it's, i think it's tough to say like at that point then you just kind of need to just do this like you're doing like a limit in like calculus where it's just like we need to have them play infinite games until they're completely exhausted and we can determine <laughs> who would be the winner after blah 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 like it's so dumb um you know It's going to fluctuate back and forth, and so I I don't know if there's, like, more games as necessarily giving us the the best winner of it. I don't know. I think Best of 3 is just fine, though. That's my personal opinion, and I would dread playing a Best of 5.
0: Okay, I guess we gotta find the correct limit, then. How about that? So, I just want to touch again how the travel awards are kind of silly rewards at this point, given how two worlds have been cancelled throughout these Players' Cup cycles, and we don't know when we're going to be able to, to, to travel again, and for any of these players to be using these travel awards, and if there are no Internationals to be held, you know, these are just totally useless to them, so... They, these players may, may retire, may not even want to play Pokemon anymore, but thankfully, Players' Cup 4 is fixing this to just reward the uh, cash prizes, monetary values to all the players in the Global Finals, so... Much like uh, Gabriel Legate here, who made it tied for fifth, you know, one round before that, uh, the cutoff there, did not get a any any reward for this. Just, uh, you know, just making that three-peat appearance into the Global Finals. But, um, Alex, another storyline I just want to talk about is North America winning a third Players' Cup in a row. So, uh, we're pretty strong region, but it's not like they dominated every single one. So, it's just like, this is just how everything shook out. For them
1: i gotta say i gotta say one uh definite advantage is uh as far as i uh, have heard uh the time zone um i believe that the since this is an international tournament some players are going to have to play at some pretty suboptimal times and i think that it's largely favored towards the north american region um i don't know if that necessarily swings a tournament so hard in the favor because like these players are of course warned beforehand to get themselves ready to, like, you know, maybe play a tournament at, like, I guess 3 a.m. for the Oceania players. I really don't know. That's just like a made up, uh, made up time. But I believe it is NA catered, is what I'm trying to say. It's catered towards the NA time zone. Um, so maybe that's our little excuse, but uh, I am definitely much more interested in saying, um, rah, rah, let's go uh, NA, Steven. Don't worry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. I mean, naturally, that in a global tournament like this with players all over the world, that has to happen. Like some region yes. will get a more favorable time; others will not be as favorable. So, if it happens always to skew towards North America, you know, we're we you know we're gonna root probably for our home home squad, but it's also just like you know we also want it to be fair too. So I, I don't know. Of course.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's the best way to do that. Again, this is very different than Worlds where, like, you know... It, it, again, it probably still favors the uh, local region, which was mostly NA until we were going to have London. Um But, uh like... Yeah, that, I guess that was, like, something that you, you also had to adapt to. You know, they, the, the players that were flying from overseas and having to travel, you know, to time zones that were, you know, eight-plus hours off of their own normal ones... um Those were the ones that were probably hit the hardest at the live event scenes, and so we we see a little bit of an element of that here. And, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, unfortunately. That's just what happens when you play a gullible game. Uh, Not everybody's going to be able to have uh, peak performance hours, and so so people are going to have to make do. But, um, regardless, I think that uh, we still see strong performances from around the world. You know, uh, speaking of NA, I'm scrolling down, and, yeah, no, uh, the only person to make it out of... um, you know, top sixteen was uh Joseph Ugarte uh, who managed to win, I believe, one set. No though I don't know when if it was, you know, uh a loss first, then a win or whatever. But uh Joe managed to finish in the uh top um what is this, even is this the top twelve?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: The top twelve. So Joe managed to finish in the top twelve. Um but not able to uh make it any further than that. And then we had the other two NA representatives, uh Mike D'Angelo. And uh, Alec Rubin finished in the top 16. So, uh, yeah, overall, um, it's a pretty mixed bag in terms of uh, regions uh, succeeding. And uh, there's a lot of uh, cool teams to check out here. Victory Road VGC uh, has them on their website if you want to see them all. Otherwise, Pokemon has surely uh, put up some kind of graphic for it, I imagine. Maybe the Play Pokemon account, maybe the official Pokemon. If you were watching the stream, they might have had some cool graphics on there. Uh if there's any other teams you want to talk about here Stephen, uh I honestly have checked out completely of series 8 but like you know there are still some teams that are cool to look at, cool to talk about. I guess that's the the last thing we need to talk about is uh, of course Colossal. Uh Colossal did not win it. Um how many players were uh bold enough to attempt it? Uh it looks like 3. 3, yeah. Three players, Mike D'Angelo, who was known for using it, Orlando Luna and uh Roberto Peretti. Uh, were all players that wanted to, uh, you know, see colossal win again.
0: They believed uh,
1: <laughs> believed in the magic, but uh, yeah, Cole fell short. Uh, I'm not sure if that was a uh, factor <laughs> where like people were counter superstitious, where they're like, man, I need a Cole matchup. <laughs> I can't let this thing. I like my, my team's got to have it down pat. Um, or if it was just the the players' abilities uh, coming up short. Either way. Uh, Cole did not win it. Cole, uh, did not make it, uh, past top. man, the, the math is so hard, Steven. Top eight. Uh, yeah. It it made it to, to top eight. It
0: got to tied for seventh. I'm going to say that instead.
1: (laughs) Tied for seventh. Yeah. Which I believe is top eight. Um, and so, yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah. Steven, are there any teams in here that you want to mention? You wanted to, I guess, maybe talk about Agati's team?
0: Uh, yeah. So I, I, I can mention Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Agati's team. So, really quickly, this was one of the teams that was in the, like, final round there, you know, tied for fifth. But, Gabriel has two ground types in Garchomp and Landris, which usually, oddly enough, like, they usually play, uh, they just fill in for one another. You pick one of them. But, Gabriel has both, plus Zacian, Umbreon, Charizard, and Whimsicott. So, the page here actually has the, uh, export of the team so that we can look at some of the more information on it. So, I wonder if, uh, like, Landorus and Garchomp were just different for different matchups, which is what I would imagine. Again, I didn't get to check out the stream at all. So, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of, like, unique things here without running, uh, with these two ground types, plus Whimsicott sets up the sun for both Umbreon and Charizard. So, I just want to shout out, like, Gabriel Gatti is still a very strong player, getting into three Players Cup global finals. And I thought this was a really like unique, strange-looking team with the two ground types and Sun, especially being set up by Whimsicott instead of like Torkoal or Groudon. Yeah, we did not see a
1: lot of Garchomp. Garchomp is a Pokemon that I think we'll see going forward, and maybe Agati was just thinking forward. Um, you know, it is a good Pokemon to deal with Charizard. It's got a great speed tier, and it's been uh pretty renowned throughout VGC's history as a uh, strong Pokemon um in certain formats. Maybe not all of them. Landorus usually uh, kicks its butt out of the metagame at certain points. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, I don't really think there's any other teams that I want to mention. I already talked about how Gigas Wheezing. I, I just can't believe it just got, uh, it pushed so far, it could have uh, done it all. I'm a big fan of that archetype, and it was just a cool team to see.
0: Absolutely. So, I guess now in total, it's won two travel awards over three Players' Cup finals, right? Yeah.
1: True, true.
0: So, uh yeah, all these teams are on like you mentioned Victor Rose website. People can check them out. We're not going to go through all of them unfortunately. A lot of them we uh a lot of these players actually did use in the original Qualifiers already. So we have mentioned a, you know, the big summary points for most of them at this point and everyone can just look at these players, find more information about them if they'd like. But I do just want to, you know, just shout out everyone here in the tournament again. So we mentioned John Leonardo, Yov and Alberto uh in the top 4. So Gabriel Agati and Alejandro Diaz were in tied for fifth. We had Francesco Perro and Roberto, Roberto Peretti tied for seventh. And then all tied for ninth, four players here in Rafael Busutil, Orlando Luna, Daniel Queck, and Joseph Ugarte. And lastly, for the tied for 13th, Michael D'Angelo, Christopher Egan, James Maney, and Alec Rubin. So, again, congrats to all of our players who made it to Global Finals here. I'm sorry that the 12 of you did not get anything besides the pride of being able to play in this and the props for it so Alex that's players cup 3 that is series 8 and that's pretty much a wrap for the format so all in all I just want to get a quick I don't know recap from you what you thought of it how how you think it went and whether you would like to see it back again at some point
1: I thought series 8 was pretty fun it fluctuated a lot for me I had a great time in the beginning it felt like there were so many restrictions that were viable and then, of course, as the metagame develops, it, it, that pool starts to shrink and shrink and shrink. But um, I think it's like important to note that, like, even when the format felt um, pretty not solved, but like it, it was really stabilizing around Sun and Colossal, um, we saw Kyogre just come through and win it all. Like it was the only Kyogre in the tournament, and I still th- I still think we could have seen some fun uh, metagame development. Were this, you know, a full year long format, there was. Probably still some ideas left to try. There's, uh, the restrictions were more viable than ever in my uh, personal opinion. You know, the, like, we were seeing Palkia and Palkia was a Pokemon that did nothing in 2019 and went nothing in 2016 outside of, you know, maybe some small finishes. So, I think that that format had some kind of uh, magical aspects to it that I really did enjoy. Definitely some parts that I did not enjoy, um, between, you know, like, some game, uh, game deciding moves like Precipice Blades, you know, being low accuracy, but just necessary. Uh, and then like, you know, Zation being as oppressive as it was, was pretty, pretty incredible. Um, but otherwise I had fun playing it, especially, uh, towards like, uh, the beginning and even at the end, you know, uh, they everyone's going to have their frustrations with formats, but I think it was pretty decent.
0: Okay. I love how it had more, much more of a team focus in this particular format because you only had one Restricted Legendary compared to our two of the past, so it felt like more of your team mattered than just focusing around your Legendary, which a lot of these teams still did anyway, but I liked how there's a lot more diversity and variety in some of these teams. Again, you mentioned some of the uh stabilization and centralization on certain cores, but I feel like that's natural for just about any format, really, and it's all ultimately about the players who are playing in it and how well they do, so... I think that yep. this was a unique format, uh, to, it wasn't even an experiment at this point. Like the experiment happened before this, but we had this restricted format with the one legendary. I think it was pretty successful given how diverse we saw a lot of these Pokemon in these, on these teams we've seen over the last three months. And just like you mentioned, the variety in restricted Pokemon we saw, like a lot of them gained viability, probably because of Dynamax, probably because of how the mechanics work now, but as well as just being like, there's only there's only one now, so I can build more of my team around this particular restricted. Like you mentioned, Palkia, like things like Solgaleo, which maybe wasn't uh wasn't as uh popular as some of the other archetypes. Dialga at some point even. So and Keldeo Shadow took a while to get going. Like we all kind of suspected it might have been good, and took a while to get going to get popular and up in the metagame. But it got some pretty strong finishes in global finals here. So I think Series Eight, just like with Series Seven. We thought that one was over, and we're never going to see it again. I wouldn't count it out yet, so, you know, be ready to perhaps jump back into it, and I would be- I'd be okay with going back into it if, uh, we needed to.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's so weird to, like, uh, to even think that this is a possibility now, Steven. Like, I- I was so ready for- to say in this recap, you know, well- You can go look at those global finals teams, but they won't be doing much for you. You know, this metagame is now dead, but they've shown that they're willing to go back. They're willing to revive metagames, Uh, even if they are short-lived ones. And this is certainly a weird state that we're in with everything going on between the, you know, short-lived series, the, you know, playing at home and everything. There's got to be a number of factors that are influencing this, but it's just crazy to think that that's a possibility that formats can come back
0: yeah everyone we'll get back to you about series eight in about three months or so, so I think that's a little wrap wrap up of series eight and the restricted legendary Pokemon uh oh Alex, I have one more question about this one. How did you like playing with the one versus the two? Which one do you prefer? Do you like the one restricted legendary or having two? I
1: think I prefer one like i I definitely had my uh quote unquote fun in sixteen you know like i I think sixteen is fun to go back and play. Uh, when there's no nothing on the line, uh, you're not playing for a world's invite or prizing. Uh, if you're just playing, you know, on Showdown in a friendly, it's a pretty fun uh, format to just mess around, when, mess around in. And then, uh, you know, in 19, we had uh, the two legends and, oh, you know, the, also the three series. And I had my fun in all of them. You know, I had uh, a decent amount of, like, uh, ability to find success amongst all of them. And, like, they... They were alright. Uh, I, I really didn't like Ultra towards the end. That format became really degenerate. But, like, this, something about this, again, I'm just uh, gonna kind of sound like a broken record, but the ability to make it so that more restricted Legends are viable is something that I think uh, makes Series 8 very appealing to me. I, uh, personally, in my testing, had, you know, success with Ho-Oh. I... You know, I even messed around with a Giratina team that, you know, completely messed me up in a tournament once. And I was like, you know what? That Giratina team was kind of sick. Let's try it. And you you just don't get to see that in those uh, two restricted formats. Something about the ability to combine restricteds creates this, like, hyper-centralization around using the best of the best. Because if you can't handle the opponent's two restricteds at once with yours, your two restricteds or something, you know, there's just not as much uh, ability to fill in those gaps when your opponent has two powerhouses uh, instead of one.
0: I feel you there. So, I didn't get a chance to play too much of Series 8, but I did like how much, uh, you know, people were enjoying it. I liked it too. So, I I actually do also prefer just having the one restricted legendary. It was a lot of fun uh, just seeing that variety too. I feel like this was a format where we talked about a lot more restricted legendaries than we ever had in the past just because of, again, how viable a lot of these became. So, That was a fun aspect to it. So Alex, this is now officially our end of talking about Series 8 for now. Again, there's there's an asterisk there. Who knows if it'll come back. So let's move on to the next one in order. Series 9, which we know is a previous format. And we have some tournaments to talk about here. So everyone, we've talked about, we know this format. This just takes out the restricted legendary we've been using these past three months. And we go back to the Crown Tundra Pokedex and Ilarm Pokedex and Galar Pokedex stuff. So... Alex, we had some tournaments, the Rose Tower Open, as well as the Mount Silver Tournament, which played in Series 9 over this past weekend, again, the same weekend that was streaming Global Finals of Players' Cup 3, so this is going to be an important format, it's our Players' Cup 4 format, people need to play, get ready for it these next few months, so let's jump into it, where do you want to start?
1: Let's go ahead and start with uh, Rose Tower, and um, talk a bit about that, there's been a couple of grassroots tournaments already, but but, yeah, I wanted to... um just start, you know, getting us into talking about this metagame and seeing where things have developed over the course of the month. We're here at the end of uh, May now, or, you know, at the beginning of May, sorry, uh, just about, and uh, the end of uh, April. We've had one month to get back into things, but uh, there's been nothing exactly official. We're just, you know, messing around with uh, grassroots tournaments, which are, of course, uh, just as important because they've, you know, they, they still get good numbers, still get good results, and are still very important for developing the metagame. Um, The Rose Tower Open uh, has a uh, bit of a weird story to it that I will briefly touch on before Stephen and I just kind of get into talking about teams, and and that is uh, revolving around uh, Emmanuel Siliberto, otherwise known as Asuya, who um, won the Rose Tower Open, but uh, the win was um, revoked. Uh, due to a, uh, issue with, uh, them, I think it was something that regarding them not being able to provide the password for their crypto bin. And for those that are not unfamiliar with what I'm talking about, a lot of these tournaments required you to submit a crypto bin with your team's information so that if, uh, a player asks for a hack check, the, uh, TOs can ask for your password, check the crypto bin, and, uh, basically just provides the, it gives the TOs, uh, integrity that they're not, you know, using your team for anything. Um, uh, you know, uh, of their own selfish benefit. And, uh, it, it still, you know, pr- requires you to have your team submitted in the case of a hack check being called. And when a hack check was kind of called on them, they d- were not uh, unable to provide the password or some sort. If you want the full story, check, uh, Rose Tower's Twitter and they kind of break it all down. Uh, so we can still talk about the team that was able to win it though. And this was a, uh, the team that, you know, took first by technicality. That was a team of Urshifu, Water, Rillaboom, uh, Reggie Drago, Glastrier, and Clefairy. Yes. Yeah, so. Now, uh, go ahead, Steven.
0: I was just going to say, like, it's a definitely solid group of Pokemon. The Regidrago sticks out as well as the Clefairy there. Like, they can pair together to. You can just get tons of damage out, out with uh, Redirection. Plus, is boosting all the defenses on the rest of the team with Friend Guard. Urshifu um, and Rillaboom are just really strong attackers in this format. And Glacier and Regielecki, as we've mentioned so many times, that uh, popular bolt beam combo, as well as covering both ends of the speed spectrum.
1: You know, so many teams, like, have speed control, speed control, speed control. You know, there's, uh, as far as I remember in Series 7, a lot of people were using that uh, Trick Lagging Tail Grim Snarl, which is probably present in this top cut. There's a lot of Porygon 2 for that Trick Room there's a lot of uh, Whimsicott for the Tailwind. It, you know, a lot of teams seem to just kind of pick... It's almost like that's where your team should start, you know? Are you going to run Whimsicott and go fast? Are you going to go Porygon 2 and go middling or slow? Um, but, you know, just having the option to flip it is uh, kind of important. And this team decided none of the above. Uh, Reggie Lucky is, you know, speed control of its own. It's got an incredible speed tier with that Electroweb and the dynamic speed tiers to provide speed control, but... Yeah, it still feels so weird. This team is just kind of like I am here to do damage. Uh all of these Pokémon besides Clefairy, are doing damage. Um and they are often doing damage of a particular type. These are po- these are uh these are Pokémon that don't exactly uh rely a lot on coverage moves. I mean, four or five of them are mono type. Um Urshifu is doing most of its damage with that crit water move. It definitely does provide the fighting coverage. But it's so funny to me that we can we just have these uh, Pokemon that are just, you know, doing one thing and trying to do it very well.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned about that speed control. That kind of segues nicely into the second place person's team. So that is Austin Acosta with the Venusaur Torkoal. So more sun with Dragapult, Terrakion, Urgifu, Dark. So that Single Strike and Porygon too. So you mentioned there's the Trick Room option, there's the, uh, the Weather option with Torkoal and Venusaur, and there's, even looks like there's the beat-up option with Dragapult Terrakion. So a lot of strong yep. Pokemon there too.
1: Yeah, this team seems to be pretty terrifying to go up against. Uh, one of the things that I think this team has going for it, and I, I feel like a lot of teams do with the Dynamax formats, but... Um... And maybe I'm just sounding like a crybaby here, but there's there's so much uh, lead potential here. There's so many different ways the team can lead, and covering them all is going to be difficult. And so uh, that's something that this team really has going forward. Is the Dragapult uh, going to lead next to the Terrakion, or are they leading uh, Torkoal and Venusaur? Are they leading Venusaur and Porygon too? And then are they going to set up Trick Room? Are they going to switch to Torkoal? Um, is the Dragapult Dynamaxing next to Trakion? Is the the Terrakion Dynamaxing next to Dragapult? Both are viable options. Uh, there's just a lot going on there that would be very scary to be facing down.
0: Yeah, another team I want to talk about here is uh, the actually one of the top four teams, and that is Damiano La Barbera. And I thought this was Series 9, not Series 5, but because we have a Porygon-Z Clefairy with uh Urshifu Rapid Strike, Dragapult, Lucky and Incineroar. Yeah, these sprites are really small. So yeah, that's the team there. So, Porygon-Z is something like we saw completely gone back in the original Series 7. And Damiano brought this team with the, you know, it's a regular best friend in Clefairy support. But otherwise, like, again, those are o- the other four Pokemon are really strong standards we see in this metagame too. So, we've seen, uh, already we've talked about two Urshifu Rapid Strikes without, you know, its typical partner in Colossal. So, it's cool to see more of this Pokemon, um, around here. And you can even see more of it in the rest of this tournament.
1: Yeah, I guess that water coverage is just kind of nice for, uh, providing critical hits. I One of the things that, uh, I guess it definitely does well is, uh, you know, it's a good counter to uh, the Intimidate Pokemon. You know, we we see Incineroar and Landorus on most every team, uh, we see a lot of those Pokemon. I actually mentioned that, and neither of them made the finals, so maybe I'm just a complete liar. But um, you know, we see <laughs> Incineroar and Landorus uh, on a lot of teams, and uh, you know, working your way through that Intimidate with uh, just critting it super effectively is very, very nice. Uh, and yeah, going back on your point about Porygon Z, uh, it's just still a very strong Pokemon. I think giving the right support, uh, it can still very much pop off. And again, the uh, the max normal speed control aspect is i think still relevant you know that's still really awesome uh especially against teams that you know might forego running tailwind uh teams that you know are a little bit more mixed in the speed control department like this team that was uh able to take the whole tournament uh it's just kind of uh kind of interesting to see that Porygon z is both a damage option and a speed controller
0: yeah so alex are there any other teams here you would like to talk about or point out here
1: Man, there's just so much going on here that I'll just, like, jump all over the place. We've got, like, uh, Marco Fiero uh, with a Blacephalon Colossal team. I love it. Uh, I love it. (laughs) Mind Blown, uh, of course, is uh, what the the game plan here is. Uh, Blacephalon using Mind Blown to damage itself, damage all of the other Pokemon on the field, but not Colossal for too much damage. It provides that um, speed control option, but unfortunately not the weakness policy. However, maybe that's all you need. So as we've seen in uh series eight, uh sometimes just getting up that vocalith is enough uh and guaranteeing it in a different way than the usual Dragapult with a Blacephalon, maybe that's uh exactly what your team needs. Uh pretty fun to see. Um otherwise we see a lot of balance. Um we're seeing a lot of good balance teams uh propping up. Uh and they Seem to be revolving around Grimmsnarl, plus a bunch of Pokemon that uh, complete, like, cores, the like, defensive cores. Like, uh, I'm looking at this Wanma team with uh, Grimmsnarl, Kartana, Rotom Heat, and Fini creating that Firewater Grass core. Rounding it out with a Spectrier and a Landorus. Uh, that's just solid balance. Uh, I know I saw some more solid balance in the other corner from, like, Ko to Kide with uh, um, a bit more of an offensive approach. We have um, Urshifu Water. Lander reggie lucky Kartana, Togekiss, and Incineroar. Um I could talk all day about all the different teams in here, Steven, but what I'm trying to get at is that there are there's a quite a good amount of variety and uh the format is actually looking pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it how we have a foundation for it from you know three months back earlier this year from series seven, so that's kinda cool. And like you mentioned with Gabriel Agati earlier, with that Garchomp on his Player's Cup 3 Global Final Scene from Series 8, it was very forward-thinking because there are a lot of Garchomp here already, like kind of taking the role of the ground type. Um, it is very important to have a Volklith resistance rather than just be taking neutral hits like Lander's Therian does. So it's a really strong Pokemon. Also, like, Dragon coverage just hits just about everything except for those Steels and Fairies, so you have that. And Garchomp has some great speed and attacking stats too. Uh, it is faster than Landers, faster than those base hundreds, so it can outpace some of those Pokemon. And another Pokemon I wanted to, or another team, rather, I want to point out here is, uh, coming from Emanuel Briganti with, uh, Tyranitar, Excadrill, Tapu Fini, Zapdos, Canto, Cresselia, and Ferrothorn. So Alex, I thought we were playing VGC 2021 in Series 9, but, from what I remember, like that looks a lot like a potential VGC 2018 team. And I think it's super cool to see this.
1: Yeah, uh, this uh, user uh, often goes by the name Lele, uh, like the Pokemon. And uh, Lele's team, oh my. Uh, I have uh, looked quite a bit at it and still cannot understand it. Um, some of the choices made on this team are completely crazy. Um, and yeah, it just looks so old. But from what I remember, the Zapdos is like Choice Scarf. And, um, yeah, there's just some cool uh, options here in Sand. You know, we don't really see Sand anymore with how kind of oppressive Sun is and how um, it kind of just matches up well into it, I would say. Uh, Which is kind of funny to think. Back in the day, you know, Tyranitar did pretty well against, like, Mega Charizard Y. But, I mean, what is that Pokemon anymore? Nobody knows about that thing. Anyway, um, all we know is G-Max Charizard. G-Max Charizard is completely different. Um, Yeah. The, the the sand doing well is a really cool thing to me and it's definitely not easy though. Uh the Lele's team is uh really, really tough to play, but very rewarding if you know how to do so.
0: Yeah, and I guess I just want to shout out the names of the players who used Garchomp on their teams, that being Jesse Romolo, John Garcia, and Joseph Igarte. Again, uh except we talked about this before we started recording the show, but how I saw Joseph Igarte's name and I was like Huh, he played the same week in Global Finals. Oh, right, that was happening before at the Global Finals. Yeah, so Joseph showed up in uh, many different places, and again, we mentioned earlier that we were going to say his name a lot, so um, here's Joe ux 9 making an appearance in the top cut of this tournament. <laughs> How fun.
1: Yep, and uh, I guess that we should probably just move on to our last one. We don't really have to go in depth on this, Steven. It was more so just me wanting to plug the uh, Mount Silver tournaments. These are uh, tournaments that are I think really cool as a uh, playing opportunity, but also, again, as a metagame analysis uh, opportunity. They, um, they are hosted pretty often. I don't know the exact schedule, but like I do know they host multiple per week. And from what I remember, there's like a 64-player player cap. They're on Pokemon Showdown. And uh, they've been you know, really giving players opportunities to play in a tournament setting in Series 9. Uh, and get some practice in. Uh, So it's really cool. Uh, If you want to look at, you know, the teams that are doing well in this format, uh, you can definitely go check out, like, just their most recent tournament. You know, if if you're really wondering, uh, their most recent tournament will probably have been, like, you know, today or yesterday or the day before. Like, it's so, they're always so recent because they keep hosting tournaments. Um, And they host them during the week if that's, you know, better for your schedule. Uh, You know, if you're more free, uh, you know, on Tuesday than you are on Saturday, like they always are. So, uh, just a cool option, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Stephen, we can talk about the most recent one, which is, again, you know, like, two hours ago, and maybe it ended or something. And, uh, yeah, there's already, like, so many cool teams in here. I think the metagame is shaping up well.
0: Yeah, I love it. Like, this one was won by a, like, it was a really old, old old-school-looking Series 2 team, except with the Glacier on it. It's a hard trick room team. You know, classic Ndidi female with Hatterene and Mimikyu, with Snorlax, Torkoal, Glacier, and... Oh, gosh, there's even more Garchomp in here. So that thing is definitely starting to rise to prominence uh, this go around right away. So Garchomp is providing, again, that different typing as well as Rough Skin. You know, with with I guess with a lot of the Urshifu Rapid Strike, you know, three hits, you're probably taking still good damage on the Garchomp. But at least you're giving them a lot back with Rough Skin some.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, like you said, that speed tier, so crucial, just outspeeding the 100s. Uh, really cool. And ground typing, uh, Regieleki is a Pokemon that, uh, has been going pretty crazy. Uh, I don't know where it is in the usage percentages, but I do know a lot of people are using it. And so it's important to make sure that that Pokemon doesn't roll you over. Um, but yeah, if you are just completely lost in series nine, uh, just go look at some tournaments and, uh, some of these will, you know, some of these places will be able to give you full team lists, you know, like, you know, EVs and everything. Some of them will be able to give you just, the, um, you know, open info versions. And then some of them just give you the six Pokemon. But hopefully all from all these different sources, you're able to draw inspiration. Um You know, as you get more and more experienced in VGC, sometimes all you need to see is a six Pokemon. Like I, when I saw the results of this tournament and I saw that hard trick room team, I was like, I've got to I've got to try it. That's just like I don't even need to know what their choices are. I'm just going to make those six in my own uh showdown builder and uh put some games in with it because it seems so fun.
0: Of course, we know that is one of your favorite playstyles, so of course you are going to do that, so.
1: <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Alex, that's a, this was a fun one with a lot of, uh, tournaments to talk about, both upcoming and the past. So, uh, as always, we're probably gonna have more to talk about in the coming weeks, and we're now officially fully in the Players Cup 4 cycle without anything in the rearview mirror to, you know, you know, I guess bother us about no, it's not a bother, but you know, players cup three officially over congrats to John again. And we're now in players cup four and series nine. This will be uh may. So here we go. Time for the summer.
1: Yeah, man, I'm just thinking about it. It's so weird. Uh, there's again, nothing to do in the month of may officially uh, for the actual like players cup. And then we play like, again, we don't know the, uh, the end of the uh series nine. You know, uh, we don't know when Series 9 ends. But if it's that same three-month cycle, like, it's so weird because, uh, you know, there's the... I, I, I looked it up today because I was uh, talking about it, and uh, I think we play on June 19th, and then we wait two weeks after the top 16 is uh, decided in each global... No, in each uh, region, you know? hmm And then the, the next part of that tournament is a double elimination bracket that takes place in July. And if this was, again, a three-month tournament... Would we either we would either be playing a format that has ended, or we're playing you know a format that has gone on for longer than three months, or uh, if if it's somehow not stated there, but it does end up being the case, we're allowed to switch teams and play this new format in the top sixteen double limb. Like there's so many weird things that we don't have all the answers for. I can't wait to see if any of that comes to us in May.
0: Yeah, and if there are any significant different changes, too. I mean, I expect Series 9 to last at minimum three months, so May, June, July, and then Series 10 would start in August. I don't know what that's going to be like, and we can speculate about that in the future. Uh, For now, you know, we can worry about that, what kind of format we'll see later on, as well as, like, you know, once we get to August, are we going to see a Players' Cup 5? Are we going to have some sort of a circuit return? We don't know that yet, and we'll work through that as the weeks go on, so... Lastly, I guess uh, it's only summer for the Northern Hemisphere coming up. I guess the Southern Hemisphere is getting into the winter. So I always get mixed up with the seasons, considering that I know we have some listeners outside of the Northern Hemisphere. So we appreciate you, but just want to correct myself there. We're heading into May. That is universal, though. Yes. Awesome. Well, Alex, I think that's going to do it for us this time. So everyone, just want to say thank you for listening to this show and that you can find send us your comments, questions, and feedback to our email VGCHypervoice at gmail.com. You can also tell your friends about this show if they're interested in a show about competitive Pokemon. You can also find the show all over the place. We're on a bunch of different platforms. Some of the highlight ones being Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts per se to help us with visibility so that others can discover our show. And you can also find the show on Facebook and on Twitter at The Hyper Voice. Lastly, you can find the two of us both on Twitter as well. You can follow me at Super Morioka and Alex, where can people find you?
1: Man, Steven, I just can't do math. I forgot that it was we did actually start this in April, so it's either it's a two month or a three month. Ah, oh, whatever. Just everybody ignore me from earlier. You can follow well, from me on uh, Twitter.
0: Players <laughs> Cup, right? That's what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just talking about how, like, the series lasts for, like, eh, whatever. I'm getting all kinds of mixed up. You can ignore my entire last point. <laughs> and you can follow me at Lexicon VGC.
0: Perfect. Thank you. I do understand the confusion, though. It's like, there's overlap with the series and the Players' Cup cycles, so I get it. I get it. I feel you.
1: It's weird. We're like, we're already so moved forward, but like we still had to wait for series eight to end. It's just like, it's all over the place.
0: Weird. Yeah. So everyone happy series nine team building and playing. We will catch you all next time. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the hyper voice. Alola.